back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 101, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Hello, Kristen. Howdy dandy, David. Hello, Howdy. <laughs> Greetings. And hello, listeners. Across the Spider-Verse is a 2023 American animated superhero film. It's the sequel to the excellent 2018 film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was number two on my list of the best movies we've watched for the podcast so far. Yay! If you'd like to hear the rest of our lists, check out episode 100. We, we had lots of lists. We lots. did. Lots, lots of, lists. of lists. Across the Spider-Verse was directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson from a screenplay by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. Across the Spider-Verse stars the voice talent of Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya, Mahershala Ali, and Oscar Isaac, among a lot of other people. <laughs> Who is Mahershala Ali's person? He was Prowler. Uncle Aaron? Oh, okay. He, I think he's the Uncle Aaron from the other dimension. Okay, okay. Yes. He was also Aaron in the first film, so he's he's just he's Uncle Aaron. He's Uncle Aaron. There you go. All right. The movie was a huge success with audiences, grossing six hundred ninety point five million at the box office, surpassing the first Spider Verse movie, and becoming the third highest grossing domestic film in the United States this year. Yay! Wait, what were the first two? Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, the Oppenheimer. I could find out. No, actually, Barbie like way surpassed Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Number one, Barbie. Yay! Oh, these are the these are the highest grossing films total, not just domestically. Oh, okay. oh. Um, total, Barbie. Barbie. Number two, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Interesting. And that makes three me really. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Two animated movies got on the top three, but animation isn't a real art that you should invest in. <laughs> Drives me insane. Number ten. Taylor Swift, the Aries tour. <laughs> Woo! Good for her. Which also quite impressive, considering that that came out in October. It is pretty impressive. So she had a month and a half. Yeah, she uh, she crushed it. Yeah. Also on the list, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Oppenheimer, The Little Mermaid, Ant-Man and the Wasp, John Wick Chapter 4, and Sound of Freedom. What was, Sound of, what was before Sound of Freedom? John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, oh yeah. I did forget that an Ant-Man movie came out. I also forgot that. I even saw the Ant-Man movie. <laughs> Not in theaters, on the old Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Critics loved the film as well, with the American Film Institute naming it one of the top ten films of 2023, also nominated for three Golden Globes, including Best Animated Feature. I hope it wins. I don't know if... Um, um, are the Oscar nominated? The Oscar okay. shortlist came out. Okay. But not the official nominations yet. I haven't looked at the shortlist yet, though, so I... I don't know if this is on there. I feel like it has to be. It's, like, objectively just so, so good. Also, the first one was Oscar-nominated. And, like, you, this one's even better. Mm-hmm. You can't just not have it. But also, Oscars people are dumb. Oscars people are... <sighs> I have a lot of feelings on the animation category this year. Which is that if Wish wins, I'm going to be mad. Because... It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It like, wasn't it's bad, fine, but, but it, it is not a, an Oscar-winning movie. No. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem was just not nominated at all, which Great. is completely demented. And I haven't seen that yet. Is I? 
it, in um, it's really, really good, and it should have been nominated for Best Animated Picture because... Not related to animation, but related to the Oscars. Okay. People are saying that, like, the shortlist for, like, Best Supporting Actor mm-hmm. for the Oscars this year has, like, Robert Downey Jr., Robert De Niro, um, 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 Ryan Gosling, like, big names. Yes. Yeah. And then Charles Melton, who was Reggie on Riverdale because of the May-December movie he's in. And people are like, oh my god, if Charles Melton beat, like, Charles Melton yeah. of Riverdale right. like beats that- Robert Downey Jr. to an Oscar, this is amazing. And, like, I- no disrespect to Robert Downey Jr., but I am really rooting for Charles Melton. Oh, yeah, here. well, he's... He's he's a young man. That's going to help his resume a lot yeah. more than... The other ones have resumes. They have they're, resumes. Their they, name is their they're resume. They're well-established. They're so fun. It's also very cool that, like, he is being discussed yeah. among all these mm-hmm. people. Because Reggie was the best on, on Riverdale. I loved Reggie. All the actors. With all my heart. That is the one I would um, want to have this kind of success. And I haven't seen May, December, but apparently he, like, studied a lot of... Um, Heath Ledger, Circa Brokeback Mountain <laughs> for this, which is, it, they are not related things. But someone on Tumblr was like, I told you, I told you in season seven he was giving Heath Ledger and Brokeback Mountain <laughs> vibes. And I'm like, you called it spot on. So I, I have to see this movie only because I'm like, that's a little Reggie of Riverdale. You can cut all of this because yeah. it's not relevant to Spider Man <laughs> or Spider Verse. But it's yes, okay. So here are the Golden Globe nominees for Best Animated Feature, just, do you have any thoughts? They are. <laughs> the Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Super Mario Brothers Movie, Suzumi, and Wish. What's Suzumi? I haven't heard of that one. It is... It's on just... anime, where she falls in love with the chair. I'm pretty sure that's the chair. All one. right. I, I I did want to see it. I wanted to know. I haven't seen the boy in the heron, so I can't weigh in on that. Well, no, but it's a Miyazaki. Like Miyazaki. I feel like it. It's kind of like Wish in the sense that it's not what it should have been, but also but because of who it is, I would nominate it over Wish. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't have even nominated Wish with the selection Wish. of animated movies this year. I don't think Super Mario Brothers should have been nominated, but I would have nominated the Mario movie over Wish. Wish, I think, to me, is more visually compelling than the Super Mario movie because mm-hmm. that one looks kind of just like standard 3D animation that has become popular over the years. And that's like not a diss to mm-hmm. it. It's just like, oh, that is what it is. Whereas Wish, I think, had this sort of like, very, still very much so 3D, but like mm-hmm. more 2D looking that is not really common these days no, and like the the scenery was just very beautiful so i think that for me nudges wish above the super mario brothers movie it's funny because um, i'm nudging super mario brothers because of the 3d animation because they had to take video game characters and then make them yeah take a not realistic but they you had, you had illumination did a way better job than they had any right to do so like they also it would be really funny if illumination won an oscar slash golden globe yeah. i would like that for illumination um, over the establishment, unless it's Spider Verse because that deserves it. Spider Verse deserves it. Mutant Mayhem should be on both those lists. I agree. Um, I haven't seen many of those movies, but Mutant uh, Mayhem was really good. Can Can you go to the to the Golden Globes list for Best Supporting Actor though? <laughs> I'm gonna look up Suzumi because because I know Charles Melton got a Glo- Golden Globe nomination. I'm very happy for him. Your bottom. Okay, so. The Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for 2023. Willem Dafoe, 
<laughs> for Poor Things, <laughs> Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling as Ken in Barbie, Thanks. Charles Melton, and Mark Ruffalo. Like, he's in such good company. I want I know, such good things for Charles people. Melton. I've heard of all those people except for Charles Melton. He looks like Fancy Squidward. Fancy Squidward. If you type in Fancy he Squidward. He really does, though, actually. You'll he be like... He have a picture on his Wikipedia <laughs> Here, first type in Fancy Squidward. <laughs> yep. And look that up, and, and then, then I will show Kristen's you a picture of Charles Reggie. Melton. Yeah. Fancy Squidward. Okay. Okay. You have Fancy Squidward in your head? Yes. This is Charles Melton. It would be Handsome Squidward is what we Maybe wanted. Maybe that's it. Handsome Squidward. Handsome Squidward. Look up Handsome. We ruined it. Handsome Squidward. That's that's my B. Mm-hmm. I take the blame for the... Oh, same diff. Okay. But like, like no, the cheekbones. The it's the cheekbones. It's the cheekbones. You're not wrong. The, the lips are also kind of a little pursed a little yeah. bit. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. He's just, he's ch- they're chiseled the same. Yeah. All right. I'm sure yeah. you would love getting that comparison. <laughs> I wonder how many people are like, hey... Squidward, you look handsome, Squidward. <laughs> Which, like, for the most part, you don't really want people to say. No, or if they're like, Squidward. you look like Squidward, and he's like, handsome Squidward. Please, like he, like he adds add that, please. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway. In case it's been a while since you've seen it, <laughs> you've seen it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a story of Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales, two spider people in their respective dimensions. Lonely teen crime fighters unsure how to tell their parents about their super alter egos. On Miles' Earth, a scientist from Alchemax, which built the Collider from the first movie, has been transformed into a supervillain known as The Spot, who believes Miles has ruined his life by infusing him with dark matter portals during the Collider explosion. Meanwhile, Gwen has been inducted into a secret society of interdimensional spider people who attempt to save the multiverse from collapse by hunting down dimension-hopping anomalies. There's a lot going on with the plot. <laughs> it's we'll it's a really story. busy plot. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. But basically, will Miles and Gwen be reunited? Will they find true love? Or will Spot destroy their lives and the lives of all the spider people one dimension at a time? Some chai tea. A stolen ATM machine. And some of the best animation I've ever seen. It's across the Spider-Verse. Yay! Should we do the quiz? Yes. Quiz time. Quiz, quiz, quiz. So this one, it gave you two people, two spider people, as your result. That was that was the shtick of this quiz. So, which two people did you get, Hallie? I got Jessica Drew and Pavita Parker. I think I said that. I got Pavita. Oh, he's a pink and He's like my favorite, so I'm really happy. You believe in always doing the right thing, even when it's difficult. You're intelligent and self-aware, but sometimes put on a front to seem more confident than you feel. I'll take it. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I love Pavita. Jessica, obviously, wonderful. That is Also wonderful. Um, Pavita's just also a sweetheart. Just another easy day, (laughs) Spider-Man. No, no. No. I got Gwen Stacy and Miguel O'Hara. There was one thing that I answered that was like, would you rather work alone or in a team? And I said alone. I'm like, well, I'm getting Miguel. (laughs) And I did. Um, It says, you're fiercely independent and strong-willed. You don't back down from a challenge, but you can be more emotional than you let people see. So that's me. Um, Love Gwen. Yeah. Want to hit Miguel with a stick. He's a wonderful villain, though. He's a great villain. He's a great villain. so many people on Tumblr were like, I love Miguel. 
And also he's hot. And I'm like, okay, so no, no, he's mean to cinnamon roll miles. I guess and like, therefore I cannot get behind those this. things are both true. And I think he's like, they like, we would defend Miguel O'Hara or they like, I love Miguel O'Hara. Because he's a wonderful villain. I, I, I want to kick him. In, I want to kick him in the balls. I can't because Miles is. I don't. He, I, I like love Miguel him. is wrong. Miguel's just a dick. <laughs> like, he is. I hate but, him. But, ah. Anyway, David, who did you need? I also decided to work alone. <laughs> <laughs> I got Miles Morales and Peter B. Parker. What a combo! What a combo! You got classic boy combo. You're generally the good classic nature. boys. Generally good natured and easy to get along with. You care deeply for those close to you, but sometimes need a reminder of how incredible you are. Miles and Peter. Good combo. I you're incredible. Thank you, Hallie. You're welcome. I really would have loved to have gotten Hobie, who I love with yeah. my whole heart. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kinda of bummed that I didn't, but I love Gwen, so it's fine. Gwen's great. Pefeter. Pefeter, also yeah. great. Miles and Peter. I didn't notice oh, until this time that I watched it, even though I've seen this movie a couple times now. Pavita's not in the second half because he's busy, like, focusing on yeah. his own dimension and cleaning that mess yeah. up. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh. But I am glad. see him again. I, well, technically we do. But, right. I didn't notice until my second watch through that when they do the final, like, pulling out where it's Gwen and then you Gwen see everybody gathering. Yeah. Like, Pavita is right up front. And yeah. it's like, oh, thank God. Because, yeah. like, I could easily see Pavita being like, I'm new to the gang. I'm this is a lot for me. But he's like, no, nah, Miguel sucks. Like, he's, on, he's squarely on Gwen's side, even though yeah. he just met Gwen and yeah. also Miles. Yeah. So I'm really happy that he is presumably going to be at least a character in Spider-Man 3. I don't know how... Big. I don't know how relevant he'll be, but... Yeah. He was relevant, on the front lines, like, so that's that's good enough for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. seeing it for the first time, I thought it was amazing. I'm not... This is one of those movies where, like, I'm not sure how it was made. Like, how did this not take 40 years to complete? <laughs> Rumor has it that just Hobie's animation took, like, three years. Yeah, just Hobie. I and that's not even counting that. all the other billion Spider-Men and everything else that happens. When, uh, when we finished, I was looking at the credits, and they showed a page that was, like, I don't know, 25, 30 animators. And I was like, that can't possibly be right. And then they had another page that was like 50 more. And then another page was like another 40. And I was like, oh, okay. There we go. That means <laughs> There we go. Yeah. There are a lot of people. And that was just the animators. Then there were like modelers. And those were mm-hmm. all like, you know, because animation gets yep. split up into so many different sure. things. Yeah. But even still, I don't know how they turn <laughs> <laughs> this thing out. And uh, Hallie had mentioned that like, Maybe the work conditions were not great, and maybe that was part of uh, the production of it, which is unfortunate, but everybody involved should be so stoked with the job that they did, because it looks incredible. Even the action sequences, which, at their heart, fighting scenes, not a thing I'm always into, but they were really beautiful, and they were really fun and stylized, and like, the camera work was incredible just like everything was happening at different angles then sometimes you get like the the panel cut and you've got one thing on one side and like there's a close-up of somebody on the other side and like there's that scene where uh 
Okay. <laughs> I haven't decided what those are. This probably, <laughs> we're probably going to cut this because it probably didn't get picked up on the mic. There's some weird... Sirens. No, no it's like howling. What? They're, those are creatures. Those are, those are creatures howling. I, I, I can't decide if they're coyotes or if they're like weird possum noises. I thought they were sirens. That's why I said we have to call Spider-Man. Spider-Man no. can't fight these ones. No, those are creatures in my woods. <laughs> uh, it might just be a coyote. They just, make weird noises. Okay, just a coyote and maybe like little coyote pups. Little coyote bees. Little coyote pups. Maybe a Tasmanian devil. I'm kidding, they sound worse. <laughs> I, um, I was reading something from like, I don't know, the 1800s, I think. And they had described like being out on the prairie and hearing what they thought was like, a pack of a hundred coyotes or something and then like as they got closer they realized it was just three of them (laughs) because they make noises sort of like that where it's just like that's cool yeah but if there's only you know there's just one thing but it's making noises that sound like a huge group of them so well done yeah good evolutionary makes me think it's a coyote but it wasn't the wind the prairie uh, wind. I might have been the wind. Yeah, just the prairie wind. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time they do that, the dog that lives up there goes nuts. <laughs> also. Um, anyways, Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. I. It's been a while since we've since I've watched the first one. So I don't know if it's recency bias, but I'm like, is this one better than the first one? Yes. Which was number two mm-hmm. on my list of movies that we've watched so far out of the hundred or so that we've done. Was this one even better? Yes. Kristen says yes. Hallie, I'm torn only because this one has so much going on that it's so good. No, it's so good and it handles how busy its plot is really, really well. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of how people complain about Spider-Man 3 having too much stuff going on. And I think Spider-Man 3 is fine. I think that's a great movie. But people like, don't like, like it. Like, because Sandman and Venom are both there. No, oh, Toby I never Maguire. saw that one. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. People don't like it, which is silly. Um, but the only- I don't know. There's just so much going on. I don't think it. Go ahead. One, I think that it does the like raising the stakes very well in very the well. sand like. The same as when I watched Coco for the first time, and they kept adding, like, a new layer of mm-hmm. things, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And I really like, apparently, when they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I will give it about it possibly having too much going on mm-hmm. is that Spot is sort of like the villain. Miguel is an antagonist. I wouldn't, he is a villain, but also, like, later I mean, there are two villains. I think I that's know, two villains, but... Yeah. Um, so Spot, who is set up to be big villain and is going to cause big problems later, presumably, mm-hmm. you don't see him the final hour until the very end when they're mm-hmm. sort of like wrapping things up. But when he does his dramatic like farewell to Miles, the, the next hour of the movie happens and we don't see him again. I so I can think see... about the fact that we don't see him. But yeah, yeah and that's so not... like I can give it that in that like okay, huge plot point. Mm-hmm. This happens, and then it's dropped because we have a bunch of other things going on. And so when it does circle back to him at the end, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Like, Spot's going to go kill Miles. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a bad that's a thing, thing that's, that's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, 
Like, you know it, because obviously that's why Miles has to get back, right. and that's why everything is happening, but it's not visually in front of you. That is the one drawback I'm mm-hmm. willing to give yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's just... And also, like, I'm about to say a very boomer thing, and I'm very, very sorry, which is that the music is too loud sometimes, and I can't hear the dialogue over the music. I can't, like, at the beginning when she's fighting, when Gwen is fighting Da Vinci... Yeah. Da Vinci Vulture. boy. Vulture, yeah. Like, it was going so fast, and I remember in the theater, I was like, I can't hear their quips. Their quips are too quiet, and they're too fast, and they're not spaced out enough for me and i think sometimes the movie does that it's like too cool and fast paced and i'm like slow down you can't, I, can't hear, I can't hear the words <laughs> it makes I me upset didn't think that was a problem mm-hmm. except for hobie who just because right? he has his very strong british accent and he kind of mumbles because of who he is mm-hmm. and then the action and the music is yep. loud i remember thinking when i watched it like I cannot wait until I can watch this with subtitles yeah. because I'm sure I'm just a couple things of what Hobie said. A ton. Everyone else I pretty much got, but mm. Hobie, I was like, mm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I don't want to say this about you, but I don't know what you're saying all the time, Hobie. But And then I like when he says like a like Cockney slang and then they show a little box explaining what that is. Yeah. The but, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo, but the box is too small for me to read. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be bigger and it disappears too fast. There was one. There's so much going on at the screen at all times. You well, have to direct my attention. There was one thing and I don't remember what little pop-up it was, but I remember I read it and then like almost immediately after I read it, it disappeared. So I personally had enough time to read it, but I remember thinking like, oh wow, not everyone reads that fast. No. Especially, Especially when there are a million other things going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of got to squint a little bit. So another thing that people probably looked forward to having a DVD of or a pausable version mm-hmm. so that they could pause and see what's going on. I'm just so happy that people are like experimenting with animation. Yeah. The colors and the styles and the movement. It's so wonderful and so cool. And it's great that it's backed up by, like, phenomenal writing mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Like, one of my favorite things about this movie is the is the overlying theme of, like, parenthood and mentorship. Yeah. Like, we have obviously Miles' parents and then Peter B. Parker. But then we also have um, Jessica Drew, who I think is probably going to switch sides and go against Miguel in I believe the in third. Her. Yeah, I think she's probably going to switch because she seems to have like taken Gwen under her wing. Yeah. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. And Gwen's dad. And Gwen's dad. Like, th- there's just so, so much about that going on. And I think it's really sweet and a good exploration. And his mom's speech to him is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I just think like... Don't ever let anyone tell you you don't belong. I want to make sure everybody else my little boy hangs out with also supports him. I can't say the words as well as the people who wrote the speech, but it's a really good speech. The speech is really good, and I don't know why, but like I got such goosebumps at the end when Mm -hmm. Gwen is like, I don't know where Miles is, and his mom is like, you tell him, like... We, you, like he needs to come back mm-hmm. here and like and you tell him five months and then something else and I don't know why but like 
just the way they kind of neatly put a mm-hmm. little bow on that was so good, even without her having another big dramatic speech. Yeah. Just the little callback to it gave me goosebumps. This whole movie gave me goosebumps. <laughs> right? I had goosebumps a lot through the whole. Anytime the action, the music, you know, combined, I was like, oh. Oh, oh my favorite, oh. My favorite part is when um, Miles is realizing, like, oh, this is this is bad. You're saying that my dad, who is captain, yeah. is going to die, mm-hmm. and I have to just be okay with this? Because not only do you have, like, everything leading up to it, but you had the music, which suddenly, like, shifts. Not suddenly, mm-hmm. like, abruptly, but just, but like, has, like, a little tiny tone it's thing. It's timed, that obviously. It, but... Yeah. And then you see... All the other spiders, all the other spideys, just like slowly yeah. closing in. And then you have him being in the box and everything just escalating. And uh, Hobie being like, use your palms. Mm-hmm. And I d- if I could live in that scene forever. It's <laughs> that's, so that's where I belong. <laughs> that scene when when the dramatic tension runs. Like I was already having such yeah. a good time, but that part of the movie... Mm-hmm. Is like one of my favorite parts of any movie. Like I, yeah. I love this movie so much. Our friend Martha of Did You Do Your Homework Fame mm-hmm. um, asked us a couple months ago what our favorite movie is of all time, and it's a really hard question to answer because there are so many oh, like yeah. asterisks to anything, right? And it yeah. changes by the day. But this could be it, just because it's so good. And like as soon as I finished it, I want to watch it again. And I have thought that every single time I've watched it. Like, of course, when you see a movie a first time, yeah. like, that's so good. I want to see it again. But, like, it has been months. I've seen it multiple times. I was on, like, a nine-hour plane ride. And I yeah. considered just watching this multiple times over. And I didn't because I thought that might be weird. But also, who cares? But yeah, I, I, no I finish there. it and I immediately want to watch it again. It's, it's so good. I didn't, like, I loved it, obviously, after the first time. But after the second time, I was like, wow, this is better than I remember. Which isn't like, oh, the the first time I didn't like it. It's just like, oh, I forgot how good this was. It's just a heckin' good movie. It is. I think, too, part of that is, like, it looks really good. And they play around with a lot of different art styles. And I think, I, I couldn't tell if it was just, like, based on the success of the first one and like it's it's famous people writing the movie it's it's a marvel movie they have a billion dollar budget probably like they can do kind of whatever they want Mm -hmm. but the things they wanted to do was like make art yeah i i like one of the very first things is this fight scene with vulture who is from a Leonardo da Vinci universe? Yeah, like paper universe. In the Guggenheim. Yeah. With like actual art from the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah. <laughs> as a background to the... Like, that's such a strange decision for a superhero movie that is ostensibly aimed at like, you know, teenage boys mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that is at least the stereotype of who you're right. shooting for when you're making a thing. But they're like, no, we're going to put this in a literal art museum yeah. in New York you know, the, the giant balloon animal dog yeah. winds up as part of the is a collateral damage as part <laughs> of the fight. But that's like an actual piece of art that exists. And they have like somebody makes a quip about like, you know, is it really art? Can we like have a discussion about what art is as Vulture is going nuts in the museum? Yeah. Like the conversation what? that I missed because the music was too loud. Yeah. 
But we watched it with subtitles. <laughs> okay, so. boomer. I know. <laughs> but I, of the art, too, I like it because obviously each dimension has its own mm-hmm. variations on mm-hmm. how everything looks. But I like how Gwen's is still pretty similar to Miles's, but like you're in it and you can immediately like tell like, oh, this looks different. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, st- yeah. they're doing different things in like a cool way. Gwen's universe, the color palette of her universe was inspired by Cinderella. Because the scene where the stepsisters rip apart her dress, mm-hmm. um, the background melds into just colors as if like the environment is mm-hmm. reacting to the trauma that Cinderella is experiencing. And so they took that color palette and used it for Gwen's universe. They really liked the watercolors and the way the colors melded, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And then there's Hobie, Hobie. who has a very, you know, punk aesthetic that's his he's spider punk Mm -hmm. but you know he's always shifting the the colors and the shapes and everything yeah shifting around like a an old school like punk magazine yeah yeah neat a zine 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 inspired so that's really neat yeah just so many i don't know this is gonna be a short episode (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, there's so much to talk about, but it's all like, boy, that was great, wasn't it? (laughs) I have, like, almost no complaints about the movie except um, your boomer points. My boomer points. Yeah. Yeah. I I asked Hallie, Kristen, if this movie were four hours long instead of being broken into two parts, how would you feel about it? I would be happy. I would be fine. <laughs> I, I don't care. It like has there might to be, be an intermission in the in the, like if you saw it in the theater, they'd be like. There was, like you know how you see a long movie Oppenheimer, and you think like, yeah, I can tell that this is a three-hour movie. I'm dying here. Mm-hmm. There was really only a point where I thought. It wasn't like, God, I've been watching this for a while. I just remember being in the theater and thinking like, okay, we're probably about an hour and a half into it. Because I think sometimes, like, just with so much was happening, yep. I think I was thinking of it more in the context of like, wow, crazy that in other like hour and a half movies, they have like covered all this yep. and basically wrapped it up by now. But we still have more to go. But it wasn't a like, oh. There's still more to go. I really have to use the bathroom. Can we like get out of here? It was just like, oh, like just purely an observation mm-hmm. with no further thoughts behind it. But it's so good that I I think the only thing that makes me think like, no, I like its break instead of being a four hour movie. is just that you get left with this very big cliffhanger and you just have to like sit with it, which is frustrating, but also scratches my brain in a very particular way. Um, no, I'd be fine with it. Make this a four hour, make it like an eight hour movie. I'll still watch it all the time. When I saw it, I did have to pee really, really, really bad. And I didn't know it was a part one. So I was like squirming in my seat when he was fighting Miguel. And I was like, God, and this isn't even the climax because saving dad is going to be the climax, right? Like, oh my God, we have have so much more. And then it was part one. I was like, what? But, like, I was still disappointed almost. But then I was like, no, this is the right call because, thank God, I can go use the bathroom. The thing is, I remember it was originally called something different that was, like, part one, yeah. blank, and then they changed it. Um, and I think going into it, I maybe remembered that it was a part one. 
and then while watching the mm-hmm. movie, forgot. Just, just focused on the movie. And then once we got to the end, I was like, right. Once upon a time, this was a part one. A thing I remembered two and a half hours ago, yeah. but forgot all about. But because like, yeah, you're sitting there. Like, oh my God, he has to like get out. He has mm-hmm. to get back to his home dimension. He's got to save his dad. Because like, then the dimension was there and I was like, ah! Which, <laughs> like, go. I don't know if, I mean, I get... Not to be like, uh, I notice everything, but I feel like, you know, it very clearly said Earth 42, and they very clearly earlier were like, Earth 42, not your Earth, had a spider do this. And so when it comes up on the screen, it's like, go home to Earth 42. I think it. I was just so caught up in everything that was happening and was like, yeah, I remember that number, 42. It did not even occur to me. It was as he was talking to his mom, and I was like, has her... Have her eyes always been green? I swear I don't remember them being mm-hmm. green. And then I thought, well, okay, maybe I just don't remember. Yeah. And then there's like some other big tip off. Um, I don't recall exactly the what The hair it is. comment, maybe? No, it wasn't even the hair no. comment. For some reason. Okay. I think it I don't think it was when he glitches. I think it's something short oh no, I think when he's like, I'm Spider Man and she's like, Who? The That's thing when is- you're like, Oh, oh, something's wrong. I didn't think anything was weird when she went during the whole like I'm Spider-Man and and then I laughed and I was the only person in my theater who laughed at the who's Spider-Man because I don't know it just felt like a very like oh my god his mom doesn't even know who Spider-Man is I thought the joke was like moms and then it continued and the music got louder and I was like oh I'm dumb He's in the he's in the wrong dimension, it's in the wrong which dimension. is such a good complication and something that is foreshadowed so well. And I think it's a strength to the writing when you foreshadow something so well, and people are still like, "Oh my god!" Like, so I, it's really really good, and I'm glad he's there. I think back to Glass Onion and how I was like, "How did everyone not see this?" Because they were mm-hmm. clearly like building tension. How did yeah. you not know to look for this? Um, and then I was like, "Wow, they were clearly building tension." Clearly said this multiple times, mm-hmm. but they still got me. They still they got still you. still got me. Especially, too, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but, like, when Gwen is outside in Miles' actual universe, you can see that there's, like, a streetlight glowing on her face mm-hmm. before she goes into the room. And in Miles' dimension that he's in, Earth-42, you don't see that streetlight out there. Like, there's no similar orangey glow mm. coming in. So even the lighting is mm-hmm. different. And I feel like if... If you had been if actually you knew had paying a time, attention, you'd, have, yeah. you'd be like, hey, the light that's hitting when should be hitting this window. And it's not. And it's not. But yeah, the first thing I was just like, have her eyes always been green? I think that's just me forgetting things, though. But I was right. <laughs> you were right. I was right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about Miles' parents. Because they're so they're good great. in this movie. They're so they're good. good. They're so freaking good. Oh, I thought you were going to follow up with like, hey, like, <laughs> I thought this. <laughs> you looked alarmed for a second. No, they they are really good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, like, we get a little bit of Miles' dad in the first movie, but I really love seeing his mom more and like the speech that you mentioned before is really great she's just a great character she's so person and i don't know i really like how um they clearly you know they're trying to be like miles what is going on like Like, why are you late this and this 
But, you know, when the, the school advisor, counselor, person, whatever was like, he's lying to you. You know that, right? She still, she doesn't go up to Miles and say like, hey, what are you not telling me? Why are you lying about this? Right. She Like, they call him out when he's doing things that are frustrating, but they still, they don't immediately barge in with like, tell us what's going on. They give him the space to it's, try to have him come to them first. It's And it's ahead. really nice just in the sense that I think it shows a lot of like, respect that they have for their child the thing that parents should have and i don't know i think it's a very nice touch i think it's like one of the more realistic parent-child relationships that Mm -hmm. i have seen in a movie at least because i feel i feel like so often in order to create conflict you just escalate things too quickly and so you're like why this is this is dumb but like he's doing things i i realize i'm now closer in age to his parents than to him but like but like but you know a lot of times when there's a teenage protagonist you're like yeah tell your parents you need to spread your wings you need to get some space they just can't let you grow up and they are having a hard time with that because I mean most parents do but they also are aware that he's a a teenager but then but then he's like whatever and they're like whatever and I'm like no Miles you you fucked up (laughs) like I'm like squarely on the parent side and I'm like god you're such a brat Miles you're being I I know because I'm watching your movie what you have on your plate and why you act the way that you do. But Miles. <laughs> but Miles. Like, so it's so good because he acts out and, like, I like I feel like a lesser movie, he would act out and you, the audience, are supposed to be like, oh, but he's Spider-Man. Like, like, they would make it so squarely favored to him mm-hmm. and they don't because he said whatever and i know that sounds like a really silly sentence to say but i know <laughs> maybe this movie is just highlighting what a boomer i am becoming and i don't like that i don't like that for me but you know then he's like i don't know like i love when they ground him because i'm like wow actual consequences this is great and then he goes outside anyway because yeah teenager is gonna do what teenager is gonna do Anti Spider Man. Anti Spider Man. So like, I like that he was like, I'm not Grounded. I'm Spider Man. But he still laid in his bed. Like, Miles is still a good kid. He's still gonna like listen to what his parents says. It's only because Gwen, who he thought he would never see see again, who is from another dimension, Mm -hmm. came around, and he's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna follow this. But um, no, I I think it's a good job because yeah, it's. The telltale sign of getting older is that when you watch, like, Little Mermaid, and she's like, Father, I'm 16! I'm practically an adult, or you probably know um, mine. I'm 16, I'm not a child. And you're like, oh, honey. You're like, yes, I'm you are. Just, <laughs> Oh, no. Like, oh, that <laughs> no, that's you're like, no, you're a baby. That's when you're getting older, because you're like, no, you're still you're still such a youth. Right. Um, and, like, and Miles... You know, is doing his whole like, I'm not a kid, stop calling me that. And on the like on the one hand, it, I think they do a good job of me being in both camps. Right, because it's like I get it, Miles. Like people that age hate being told they're kids mm-hmm. because they're not respected as a burgeoning adult enough. Yeah. But also you were literally a child. You're also you are fifteen. <laughs> but also like he he handles things like I don't know why, but I just love Miles so much. <laughs> like to the point where not to the point, that's the wrong segue. But, like, when they do a really good job of making him look marginally older in this movie. Like, only a year or something has passed Mm -hmm. since whatever. 
but they have done like the tiny little things to make him seem like, oh, he's growing. I literally saw him. I was like, oh, Miles, Miles is growing up. And then when he is fighting Miguel and he's on the train and he has something and he sort of like tilts his jaw out mm-hmm. a little bit in a very defiant like, no, I'm not a kid anymore. You're mm-hmm. going to get it. And then at the same time when he's talking to who he thinks is his regular dimension mom and he's like, and I fought them all. I have such like like bursting with pride for a little tiny yeah. miles. I'm like he is my sunflower cinnamon roll child who I love with all my heart. And, and so even when he's doing like I'm not a kid, I'm like, "Hun, yes you are." But also when he does things like that, I'm like he's growing up so much. He's becoming a young man. This is like the exact reaction I want from his parents in movie 3 because dramatically I think it makes sense for them to find out that he's Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that I think we're going that way. It's going to happen. Um and I just want them to see him being a smart little man. <laughs> just just being like, "Mom, I fought them all." Like, "You're right. I will never let anyone tell me I don't belong again." Like, I just want them to see that side of him and I am looking forward so much to it. Because you can tell that they believe in Miles and they know oh, he's yeah. very smart and very capable mm-hmm. and it's not even that they think like, oh, he's put, he has this potential, he just doesn't meet mm-hmm. it. I think they're just like, we know that he can do so much more and he is doing more, they just it's don't just, it's, it's, see it like, because he's secrets and reasons. Um, so it will be nice when they get to see that. Hell, I have a question for you. For me? So... Comparing Across the Spider-Verse, Miles and Gwen, to Mutant Mayhem, okay. the Turtles. Yeah. How do you feel about the depictions of teenagers in animated <sighs> films this year? They're so freaking good. Like, we've like we've made it. <laughs> like, like <laughs> teenagers are being accurately represented. Like, because they're dumbasses. <laughs> like, like... They do smart and honorable and heroic things, yes. They're also... Teenagers. Teenagers, so they're stupid. So, like, the turtles, they start doing ninja fights, even though they've never done that before. And, like, Leonardo just really wants to flirt with April. And, like, they do the the video thing, and they, and they are like, no, we can definitely keep all of this a secret from our father, and we yeah. can take down an underground crime organization all by ourselves. Like... Accurate. And then, of course, Gwen is like, well, I'm out on my own. Like, my dad doesn't love me anymore. So I'm an adult now. That's how that works. And I can make my own decisions and influence Miles' own decisions. Even though technically going to see Miles was like a catastrophic mistake, air quotes. Um, she's a teen. She missed her friend. Right. And she had a like, legitimate reason to go to this universe. So she's like, so why not swim but by it's like, his neighborhood? Yeah, it's... Right quote-unquote a bad choice but it's a human choice and that's yeah. what we love to be seeing and like and that's not even something i'm faulting her for being like a teen and being like oh, if you were older you would have known better because oh, no, i'm I don't sure even like think... anyone older still would have done the same thing i can see peter b parker making the same choice yeah like it's not a bad decision and no. that i'm condemning gwen for it it's no. just like technically from the rules of what we now know about the story it was bad yeah but like but like and they both, I don't know, they flirt a little bit, you know, when they're, like, hanging upside down, looking at the city, and it feels like... And Miles is so torn between, like, leave me alone, Dad, Mom, 
I'm not a kid. I have to be doing all this stuff, but also staying in his room when he's grounded. Like, I just think the crossroads are so clearly illustrated. And the teenagers are all, like, really dumb in ways that adults can recognize and respect because I am unfortunately an adult. So, like, I'm like, yeah, you're a teen. You're being a dumbass. But I love it so much because it's a realistic version of dumbassery. I just think... And you haven't seen Turning Red, but I maintain that Turning Red is also one of the most accurate depictions of teenagers. What's so great film. about Turning Red is that she is so cringy. She's so and cringy. And we are all so cringy like, but at so... that age. Because she's, what, like t- 12 or 13, 13? yeah. Or something. So she's like, like a young teen. But... Yeah, she's a young teen. But it's great because I remember when that came out, people were like, um... No, this isn't how this actually is. Like thirteen-year-old girls aren't like yeah. that, and everyone and everyone was, like, was like, "I actually formerly was a thirteen-year-old right. girl." Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, and so that one's great because so, we get to see the cringe, the cringe. So the last like three to five years of anime have just there are some really good writers out there and really good animators, and I love that they're depicting teenagers so much because I feel like being a kid teenager is like a classic protagonist age that's never going to go away. We love the coming-of-age stories. I would love to know how an actual teenager feels about this, because I, unfortunately yeah. I am many years removed from mm-hmm. that. But like, I think it's nice... Like, I remember growing up and watching any sort of teen show, and I understand that like they had to do this because it's a TV show and you have drama and plot and things you have to do, but they always had these kids who were like out partying and doing yeah. these things as like rebellious teenagers, and I'm like... No, not all teenagers not, do. I mean, I understand it's like, a I understand classic it, teenage plot, but. but when like every single teenage representation mm-hmm. was some variation of that, mm-hmm. I was like, this is not accurate, at least to this particular teen. And like, obviously, not every piece of media is made for you, but yes. so many were, and it's nice that you have these like teenage representations mm-hmm. where like they're doing things and even if they they're, are pushing boundaries yeah. it's not the same like we're going out drinking yeah. and partying they're and like trying drugs rebelling like, just in really interesting unique contextual ways and I wonder how actual teenagers feel about it especially as a person who saw the teenage mm-hmm. media and was like I'm having fun watching this show but I technically can't relate to the specific events happening here mm-hmm. obviously you find other little parameters i technically can't relate to being a spider person and having to like do but you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying yeah Yeah. and and it's just like why can't disney be doing this right now because disney's a coward disney's a coward and i'm not and by disney i mean disney and just like other big more like Marvel, like I don't, I don't know. It just feels like this is what movies should be. Like, I can't remember if we said this during our Into the Spider Verse episode or if it came up during another animated movie where we mentioned this. But it, I'm surprised because Into the Spider Verse was like a change of pace mm-hmm. from how animation has been done. And, and it was wildly successful, so successful. Commercially and critically. Yeah, and like, so you can see how maybe people who weren't doing that before, because it was a bit of a risk, mm-hmm. were like, mm, I don't know. But then you see this, and you're like, oh, that's successful. Yeah. It works. I, I understand that, like, this takes years of mm-hmm. time to, like, progress and do all these things. But I am surprised that you said it was Into the Spider-Verse was 2018. Coming up on six years later, yeah, that like we have nothing seen... else aside from across the Spider Verse 
has really come close to even doing well, any mutant sort of... mayhem. Definitely has. Okay, mutant Haven't mayhem, seen it. big asterisk. Which there. is why it should also be nominated. But then, okay, like you only have one other non-Spider Verse yeah. thing that's like, here, we're gonna take a risk mm. on our animation style. Like even when you have been proven or shown proof that this works. It's marketable. There's an audience for this. And like, I am surprised that there is not anything for it. And it's because Disney's a bunch of cowards. A bunch of cowards. And they have they have a safety net. If oh, Disney fails Disney. a movie, that's yeah. fine. They're, they have eight billion other. Like, yeah. they will be fine. They've got the theme parks. They have all their other properties. Like Disney could lose a billion dollars and it's like barely a blip. No, yeah. Probably. It's not like an indie studio who would maybe want to make something safer to make enough money that they can safely experiment later. Mm-hmm. Like... Disney should just be... Oh, my God. I mean, I think that, like, the movie industry as a whole should reward more experimentation and creativity and take more risks. Disney's just a really good example of that in this context because it's animation. I mean, Disney has... I mean, even watching... Growing up and watching Disney, Nickelodeon, and, like, Cartoon Network, Mm -hmm. Disney had plenty of shows Mm -hmm. and movies that I loved watching and still do. But I, like, even then, little me could tell, like, oh, this is the safe version. Like, Nickelodeon will at least be, like, on iCarly. They would say, like, Chiz, which you can tell is, like, just a substitute for a swear word. But they made it, like, a funny kids thing. Um, Disney would never. Disney would never have any sort of substitute because, like, it still is meant to be something else that is not squeaky clean. And it's like... Disney, it's fine. You can say it's cheese. Fine. It's like, okay. Have, and you seen, have you seen uh, Alex Hirsch released like notes he got from the quality people at Disney for scripts? I didn't read Gravity all of Falls. them, but I read some of them, and they're so dumb. They're so dumb, they're and so dumb. I love how easily they're fooled. Also, <laughs> like, like the one is like, "Hey, these two cops are really close, and they could be, they could be gay." Yeah. And Alex is like, "They're buddies. They're." Best friends. And Disney's like, okay. (laughs) All right. Obviously, you made the right choice because that shouldn't have been a concern to begin with. But. And Alex Hirsch once also said, he was like, no, no, no. I didn't. I I, I didn't make a successful show for Disney. I dragged Disney into making a successful show, kicking and screaming. And like, yes, that is exactly what you did. More people should drag Disney kicking and screaming. (laughs) Hire me, Disney. I will drag you kicking and screaming into success. Those Next are some thoughts. <laughs> Next some topic. Thoughts. Yes. I was thinking of Mutant Mayhem again, too, just because of, like, the mentorship fatherhood thing mm-hmm. that you mentioned before. and like Also a big, also a big theme in, in, in Mutant terms. Mayhem. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the complexity of that relationship. Yeah. Like, the turtles just want to be accepted by society mm-hmm. and, like, not be outcasts in kind of the way that like Gwen and Miles are alone in this one as well and want to please their parents or please Splinter but Mm -hmm. also like wanting to have their own life and like find the things Mm -hmm. that matter to them as well and like it's all so rich and complex and like it's a thing that like even though they're superheroes or they're super turtles yeah you can relate to as a teenager or somebody who used to be a teenager. Or who used to be, or who, I'm sure a lot of parents have found, like, oh, wow, this is helped, like, this is putting my experience on a screen. Or I even had, I mean, technically not in the context of, like, 
No, because you can still have various different forms of mentorship and whatnot throughout your life. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was having a conversation with someone a while ago about how, like, you know, it is kind of a bummer that coming of age is labeled and, like, slapped on all these teen things. When really, like, coming of age is more just, like, a term for, like, a transition, transformative mm-hmm. period in your life. Mm-hmm. That happens so many times oh, yeah, throughout it's, your it's life. It's not so just it's a teenager. Great, doing. because even though you can see, like, oh, this is meant to be during a, like, quote-unquote coming-of-age traditional mm-hmm. teenage story thing, like, you can still relate to that on so many different oh, levels yeah. because people are always changing. Always. Life is just yeah. a... That wasn't me trying to derail from experimentation. Like, I don't remember how it was relevant. I feel like I also cut you off, so what were you... No, no, that was, oh. that was the point I was trying to make. Okay, because I really like when Splinter also... When he... The line is like, like, I don't believe in this thing, but like, I love you and I want you to be happy and this is what you want. And so now it's also what I want. Right. And it's like a really good line that mm-hmm. isn't what I just said, but it, but it means that. And yeah. it's like, I don't know, it's just so like mature. I, I don't like using that word because it sounds like I'm putting down... Other things that handle teenagerdom and no, I like stuff, it because but... it's both teaching. It's a teaching moment for I think all parties involved. Yes. If you are the adult, you yes. should, should see that and be like, "Oh, that's a thing I should be duplicating mm-hmm. in my life." Even if it's not a thing I like or understand, if the person who is under my wing cares about this, I should have some degree of care for it mm-hmm. too. And then I like that it also shows. The teens in that situation, or whoever is, you know, directly... Pay- you know what I'm saying? Um, yep. That they can also, and should, expect that mm-hmm. of their other people to have this certain degree of care. Even if they don't fully understand it, they're like, yeah. do you care about it? Transitive property, I, I care, care about, about it, it too. Yeah, I think, and going back to some of the other teenage depictions that we've watched, like High School Musical or something, um, where... The main, like the main conflict in that is like, well, I want to play sports, but I also want to sing, and it's like you can do both. Do <laughs> both. Everybody's <laughs> telling him he can't though. And like that plot is, you know, you get the parents who eventually come around and like support them and mm-hmm. everything. But like in these movies, both the conflict is super complicated and the way that the parents interact with the child is a lot more there's so much more depth to it and there's so much it feels much more like a realistic thing like they they can have both things and they want both things but they also want more and the parents want more for them but they're also like they also still want to be authority figures and have to like balance grounding miles (laughs) with like wanting him to have the world and that's there's so much more to that than there is in like some of the yes Kristen. <laughs> I was just gonna say that like and there still very much so is but to a different degree and in a different format you know High School Musical he wants to sing and play basketball a whole thing throughout into this or across the Spider-Verse is Miles being like you can have two cakes like he yeah, walks into can, the thing yeah. and they're like you can't have your cake and eat it too and it's like you can if you have two cakes and he literally brings two cakes okay. to his dad and he's like we're Spider-Man like we can do both we can, we can save both. the world and also my dad yeah and like Pavita when he is trying to save Giatri I think that's her name um, and then also Giatri's dad he's he's saying I can do both yeah and they're trying to say like Miles you can't always do both mm-hmm. sometimes 
it doesn't work out. And Miles is just like, no, I can do both. Yeah. And it's Miles, but it's also, you know, his parents being like, we want him to be like close to us always, but we have to let him branch out. Mm -hmm. And not even in terms of like Spider-Man versus Miles' like regular everyday life, but also even within his everyday life, he still wants to be close with his family, but he wants to like study Mm -hmm. this new thing at a school that's not that far away, but it's farther than his parents want. Um, And then I really like how... You can tell that even Gwen is sitting there and is like, yeah, like, sometimes you, you can't win them all. And Miles is like, your dad is captain. And yeah. She's like, I know. But then at the end, mm-hmm. there's the loophole. Her Where dad he resigns, retires. Right? He resigns because he yeah. cares more about Gwen than his job. Yeah. And you can tell that that's the moment where she's like, oh, my God. You you can have your cake and yes, eat it too. You like, can have two like, cakes. You're being told that there is one way to do things. Yeah. And she has just been shown that there is a whole other way. So I'm I'm a, I really like the two cakes. It's a sub yes. sub level of this, and it's done better than high school. It's done. Something different, like going left. Like that's not the dialogue in this movie. It's way it's way way better. I hope, and this isn't like I assume. This isn't me, like, there's a flaw in the logic in the movie. I just hope that in the third movie, some Miles is like, hey, if I'm not supposed to be canon, how the hell can I have a canon event? Shut the fuck up, Miguel. Like, that's I, what I was thinking. I was like, shut up, Miguel. Like, you don't know. He's yeah. not even supposed to exist. His And the world where Miles, old Miles, 42, Earth 42, yeah. Miles, Earth 42 is, that hasn't disintegrated yet. That hasn't disintegrated. Come on. I am waiting and it's a thing that like was in the back of my head the first time I saw it, but you know, so much going on, mm-hmm. stakes being like raised and raised and raised. But it was this time that I've seen it that it truly like stuck in my brain, and I remembered to circle back to it of like, you know, who is it? It's Peter B. Parker, who's like, you know, you're the only Spider-Man who's not funny. We're all funny here. It's yeah. not you. Yeah. And then they even mention that Miguel is like a werewolfy Spider-Man vampire. Does not circle back to that. So I'm like, oh, so what are we going to learn about Miguel in the third one? Maybe Mm -hmm. he's the real anomaly. Like, yeah, maybe Miles is also his own version of an anomaly. But But I don't think he's the only one. Also, it hasn't disintegrated yet. It hasn't disintegrated yet. And I'm like, what are are we going to learn about our friend Miguel? I also... What indeed. What indeed. I also love that, like, the way they've leveraged... Spider-Man story to make a new Spider-Man story by just acknowledging this happens in every Spider-Man story is really fucking good writing. Like, I can't, but like, it's such a meaningful take on like, I don't know, fate versus whatever you can change yourself having both cakes and stuff while also being like, hey, you all like Spider-Man. Remember when... Captain Stacy dies, and then all these other versions, uh, or Ben dies, or Gwen dies, or or remember how all this, yeah, like it's great, it's wonderful, it's great. Mm -hmm. How they turn that into a whole like, no, this Spider Man story is going to be different because we're acknowledging that it's a different Spider Man story. It's a different Spider Man, but in the hands of a worse of of a worse creative team, it could have been very like, do you see what we're doing? Hello, fellow Mm -hmm. kids, and it is not that. It is just a really well executed. Yeah thought there's some there's some like media studies dissertation to be written about these movies oh yeah the way that they integrate like as transitions like comic books Mm -hmm. with the different spider 
people on them and like you know uh miguel is spider-man 2099 which was like a thing in the 90s or whatever mm. there was an actual run of that comic but i have a nice. spider-man 2099 trading card somewhere mm. but there's all of that there was like the stuff from the first movie with the spider-man ice cream and like the yeah. Spider- all the mm. spider-man the jingle bells christmas one spidey bells yeah. yeah all the things that show up yeah there's somebody somebody's got a paper or a book to write about these things oh, yeah. We'll probably have to hold off until the third movie. But, and the spinoff, the Spider-Woman spinoff, mm-hmm. which is also coming out with uh, Gwen and Silk and uh, Jess Drew, I believe. Wait, Spider... Not Penny? Uh, Wait, what? There may be, there may be that. I, I just, there was a quote from one of the producers said that it's going to focus on Spider-Gwen and Cindy Moon and Jess Drew. But okay, well, Penny should be there. I'm, Penny Parker. I imagine that she may, in fact, be there. I'm really excited for the old, like, the quote-unquote original gang to get back together. Yeah, I, miss I was very happy and I when they show Gwen at the end. And you have the new gang. You have the right. Peter and you have, oh, hologram girl whose name Penny. I don't remember. No. Oh, no, Lila. No. That was the hologram. No. No. Yes, but no. Oh. The one who has the option to hit the button to like oh, cancel the yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, I love that she scene too. Oh, she's great. Where she, oh, man. Um, and so you have like Pavitar and you have Hobie and you have her. <laughs> but then you also have the old gang. Yeah. And so even though we don't get to like interact with them, you know that Spider-Noir is there and Penny's there and Spider-Ham is there. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, and then also Peter B. Parker, of course. I'm like, yeah. the and whole gang's baby. here. The whole gang. The whole Everybody's. Gang. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I look for I think they'll do a good job of balancing it cuz you know I think anytime you have a huge cast of characters you're like hmm how are you going to balance this but like they've done they a great co- job so they far. so consistently knock everything out of the park you know that like, I have no qualms. It makes me a little sad that we don't see Peter B Parker until at least halfway through the movie if not longer but yeah. also where is he going to go? So like yeah. I feel like that's just the trade-off they had to make. And I hope he gets more screen time in the third one, but I also just don't know how that's going to go. I have no predictions for the third one, except Miles' parents find out he's Spider-Man. Miles' parents Jess find out. Drew betrays. We learn more about Miguel. Miguel. And then, I don't even know if it's necessarily a betrayal. Not really betrays, her. but she, but she. She's like, hmm, yeah. no, this isn't the side I want to be right. on. Right. You think there's going to be a kiss? I hope so. Because I've, I, they're so cute. They're so cute. Fall into the like. Well, maybe not this time. But I do also. You can have two cakes. Um, but even if there isn't, I will respect that because I think Mm -hmm. they are both so not like reserved, but like. Miles's big move was moving his hand just slightly closer to Gwen's, and then she sees it and Mm -hmm. is like, "And in every universe, it doesn't work Mm -hmm. out well for Gwen Stacy." Um, and then he moves his hand back and like you can tell that she really likes him but you know still she flips through his book where it is a Mm -hmm. million drawings of her and that would be a good opportunity to do something but she just does the like i missed you too which i thought was a nice little segue Mm -hmm. to cut tension or whatever but so so if there isn't a little kiss between them that's okay because they're both just like reserved little people but also i support it (laughs) but also 
Fan service is fun. Fan sometimes. service is fun sometimes, yeah. and I want the best for them. I want the baby to have a really big role in the fight. Mayday! Mayday! Yeah. I like when she pulls her little hat down. Yeah. Like I'm going with Dad. This is gonna be great. He's yeah. doing the thing that Mom has asked him not to do. Also, I like that he very like. NJ's home. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, he doesn't no need to reason. take the baby. There like, was no, and like it wouldn't really fit in anyway, but yeah. there was no scene of MJ being like, oh, I have to go to the store for eggs. I'll be back in 10 <laughs> minutes. And then eggs. he's like, ah, I have to leave now and I can't leave Mayday here unattended. She's coming with me. And like, yeah. even if they had that, it wouldn't fit in well. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like MJ's home. <laughs> he does not have to bring the child with no. him. I love to, I don't know, like, obviously he's doing this, but when he's, like, climbing the rocket or whatever, and he's got one hand on the baby, I just love watching him navigate with baby. Like, he decided, no, the trade-off of having baby is worth the difficulty of having baby. Yeah. 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 It's great. One last thing, uh, which may lead into several other things, but we should talk about the spot. The spot! The, uh, the... Poor guy. Nemesis. Yeah. Of Miles. I didn't mean to disrespect. We. I didn't mean for us to disrespect Spot the way that it's disrespected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he is not a villain of the week. He's. That's also like. Kind of a meta, like. Yeah. Like it ties in a little bit with the canon event and stuff like that. He's like, no, I'm so much more than that. And I'm really glad that he's just the scientist who got hit in the head with a bagel. Yeah. I think that's a really cute. <laughs> It's very funny. Um, a, lot of, a lot of time hop and bagel things happening in movies. Recently. I was wondering <laughs> a lot of time when, hop and bagels. I was wondering if the people who made this saw everything everywhere all at once and they're like, oh my god, they have a bagel too? <laughs> <laughs> they're like three years into production of this movie. They're like, we can't change it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone made the very good parallel of the last time we see the spot and you know he's saying like see you later miles and does his little ominous going away but he's all like scribbly at that point and he's like one large black void um someone made the very good parallel that his positioning there is very similar to Miles's graffiti in the first one where he does like the little outline silhouette and it has the great expectations and it's like who will he be who mm-hmm. will he become parallels so Parallels. good. They're everywhere. Um, yeah. I love when people focus on things because I'm not picking up on <laughs> those. You gotta explain but it to me. But I can really me. appreciate when people do. Uh, so, thank you, Internet. The uh, the spot was apparently not originally the film's main antagonist. Really? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were like, nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, but one of, the, when one of the other producers suggested using him. But... Uh, it's, Wikipedia says this changed after the potential of his powers was discussed, and it feels like feels like there's a lot of things going on with his powers. Right, I don't fully understand them. Into I will admit this. Yeah, but into he, the spider universe. Yeah, like it, it's hard to it's hard to imagine a villain that would be better suited for right. Like a I like, like this. who were they doing first if they yeah. didn't? Yeah. Very curious. Um, and I really like it, too, because it's pot, like, I assume he is a villain who has existed before and is not a new villain. He could yeah. be a new villain, but, like, there are so like, many villains in so Spider-Man many, villain. like, everything yeah. that I'm, I assume he's been around. 
Um, and I like it just in terms of like, look at how many freaking Batman movies there are with a million Jokers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, stop giving us Joker. I like that they could have gone with a more traditional villain. And instead they're like, no, we're going to make it the spot. And we're going to have him be something or a person who we all disregard in the beginning as a villain of the week. But ha ha, he's not. Okay, yeah. He was first appearance was in the 80s. Okay. The comic in the January 1985. My first appearance as well. No way. Ooh. You should see what day. I should. <laughs> what, you guys what, could have the same birthday. What day uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 98 came out. I also Google. think that and Jason I- Schwartzman is such a good voice actor. Such a good voice I just, actor. He yeah. did such a good job. I was. I spent the entire movie like, who is this? I've heard your voice before. He's Jesper from Klaus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, really good it, it took me... I never got mm-hmm. it. I had to look it up. I, I I heard it and I was like, Jason. I just his voice is just great. I also <laughs> oh, like him in Wes voice. Anderson movies. He's in a lot of those. Um, but I think he excels as a voice actor because again, his voice is just so great. And I think that he switches between like like he's a really funny villain, mm-hmm. but he's also really threatening at the end, you know, see you later, yes. Miles. Like I think Jason Schwartzman does a really good job of switching between mm-hmm. and making sure that even though he's really funny and kind of like a comedic bumbling villain at the beginning, by the end, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a problem because he's going to kill Jeff. Yeah, I love a tone shift so cool. much. I love a good tone so shift. So much. Yeah. I did this yeah. whole movie. I love this whole movie so much. So good. Yeah. Not related to the spot, but a thing that I want to mention because I love it is that I tried fact checking this earlier and part of it is true but I don't know if the other part of it is true so grain of salt here but the Lego scene was animated by did you already tell him this? No but I know animated by a 14 year old he was like the director of it because what I heard and this is a part that I don't know if it's true like they were already going to have a Lego scene in the movie but apparently I think this kid recreated the trailer for across the Spider-Verse with Legos and stop motion and put it on YouTube and the creators behind the movie were like, oh my God, (laughs) you did such a good job and you did, oh my God, that's amazing. So they called him in and they're like, hey, do this Lego part for us. So this little 14 year old got like a really cool moment. He got to be in this huge, amazing movie. Yeah. Um, And he knocked it out of the park. He did a great job. I love that sequence. Lego Spider-Man, you're the best we got. (laughs) Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) yeah that's awesome I'm so happy for that 14 year old yeah and envious that at 14 he has done something cooler than I will do with my entire life I mean technically we don't know but probably but probably but probably Preston Mutanga good for Preston Canada good for Preston good for Preston we really liked your sequence we did please listen to this (laughs) (laughs) we could talk about Hobie and Pavita and some of the other Hobie! as well. We've already discussed how much we like them. Yeah. But if there are more things I just love Hobie. And I think he also kind of goes along with the whole two cakes thing in that like you're being told either as the audience slash just miles of like, here's how this works. And I like mm-hmm. that Hobie's like hey, have you ever thought about just making one of your own things? Have you ever thought about doing this? Mm. Um, and I like when Miles 
is trapped in the little... No, he might not be trapped in the bubble thing yet. I don't recall. Mm. I don't know, but he says his, like, once again, like, stop calling me kid. And Hobie's like, there you go. And I love... Yeah. And then uh, I think it's Jess who says you're not helping. And he mm-hmm. says, good. good. And, like, I I just like, love that he's being, like, Miles, push back on this. Like, yeah. My, yeah. He, he can see the potential that's there. And he's just, like, going beyond it. And then, of course... Um, I also just love Hobie because of who he is as a person. But people have made the good point of when they show his universe, how it's like in this big fascist world, when he like fixes things, the t- the billboards say like, peace, love, power to each other. And everyone's like, he's so punk in the, in the good punk ways of just yeah. like, love. I, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about Hobie. I love him. I didn't like him at first because like, I was like, you're like, who's intruding on the Miles and Gwen thing <laughs> well, happening here? It was like, okay, until I watched it with subtitles, I did not catch a lot of the things he said. Because yeah. the movie goes so fast, and his accent is very strong, and he speaks, low. he speaks low. So I was like, okay, so you're cool, anti-punk, then why are you working for this organization? And so in this one, Miles asks him that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same movie. In When I watched it with subtitles, I yeah. realized he asks him that. And Hobie's like, oh, I'm looking out for my drummer. I was like, oh my god, he's keeping tabs on Gwen. He's okay, he's doing Gwen. this for Gwen. And then the shift to, like, yeah, rebel made a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Because at first I was just like, I don't know, you're kind of wishy-washy. You talk the talk. And I was like, no, he also walks the walk. I missed a couple things that he said. And when he's grabbing the things, that's because he's grabbing the stuff to make his own thing. So when he leaves and he says, I'm out. And then he drops it off at Gwen's. He built his own. He built his own. And I was like, oh, okay. He's casually stealing from the office. (laughs) We love it. Love it. We love when that happens. So I was like, okay, his whole whole thing makes a lot more sense. makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I disliked Toby when we first met him. I think I was just like, who's this kid? And dislike isn't quite... <laughs> no. Like, I liked him as a character finally. I was just like, I don't know. I don't get you. Like, I don't get you slash... We already have Miles, who I love. We have mm-hmm. Gwen, who I love. We have Peter yeah. B. Parker, who we had not seen at that point in the movie. But no. I know I love him. And then we had Pavita. And we have Pavita, we were just like, oh my instant- god. He's a puppy. <laughs> instantly. He's a puppy. Yeah. So I think, you know, they introduce Hobie and they're just kind of like... Another person who's really I don't have real. room in my heart for more love, <laughs> Right? Okay? I can't take it. But surprise, I do. And I hope we see so much of Hobie. Um, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. He's great. And, and then, again, he's like, you're sitting there, and yeah, you're like, what's his role in mm-hmm. all this? He's a little bit contrarian. Yeah. And all these other things. But, and I think, you know, you can see when he first meets Miles, because he bursts through the thing yep. that Miles is trying to loosen. Mm-hmm. And he says the whole, like, hey, use your mm-hmm. palms. You'll get better contact that way. And you're probably like, oh, who's this guy? Right, like, I, off. But yes. I do like that it circles back and you yeah. can tell that he is just being helpful and he does the, like, use your palms. It's just that, and like, it's, it's, nobody likes being given advice after somebody else did the thing that yeah. they, like... But, like, yeah, that was a really nice... That was a nice back. thing. Like, he he means well. And yeah. I, was, um, I was reading his character biography on Wikipedia. There's <laughs> a lot going on. <laughs> Such as? His name is Hobart. Hobart. Nice. Hobart Brown. He's a homeless teenager who was transformed by a spider that was irradiated as part of President Norman Osborn's toxic waste dumping. He becomes the punk rock inspired Spider-Man, leading the downtrodden people of New York against Osborn's venom. V.E.N.O.M. Troops. Nice. 
Spider Punk managed to kill Osborne during a riot by bashing the president with his guitar. Do you <laughs> love it? After President Osborne's death, Spider Punk unmasked himself to the Vio crowd as their savior. He was later recruited by Superior Spider Man to join an army of Spider Men. I like that, that this Spider Punk was like, it's me, after he, yeah. Uh, yeah. he didn't just disappear into the void. Yeah. Spider Punk. And I just like his whole visuals and aesthetic mm-hmm. things. Because yeah. I, I do enjoy a zine, a 90s yeah. punk scene, grunge zine type vibe. And mm-hmm. so also just visually. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. And then, yeah, Pavita. He's Pavita. I've, he's, just, he's so... I love... Instant love. Instant love. And I just also think that the... We see one Spider-Man who's got it all together is yeah. like just a really, really funny comparison to everybody else. Because like the rule of Spider-Man is that he always suffers. Like yeah. he's always broke and he's always sad. And this one is Especially fine. him compared to like when we first meet Peter B. Parker and yeah. his life is in shambles. <laughs> and we are like him for that. And through this 14-year-old like, who's just Who's like, I don't work out because I don't want to get too buff. And then I do nothing to my hair. And then I have all the time in the world for school and Spider-Manning and fun with friends and dating a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... I'm just so happy for him. I'm just so happy for him. And I, I was telling David this and I need to like double check my source but i think the actor who was playing him they asked him like okay so if we were going to like if you were going as an indian person to like make jokes mm-hmm. about how people misunderstand india like what like what would you do and mm-hmm. he was the one who came up with the chai tea and the non bread that's nice it is nice isn't it so i, I think like the voice that. actor was like i hate when people say chai tea and non bread and they just wrote that in yeah which is great and i also really love when spots like i'm on a self journey of self-discovery and it's like, like oh so you that. came to india <laughs> and spot is genuinely like no no, no it's not, not like that, that. <laughs> i didn't mean it like that yeah the leader is set to return in the upcoming sequel yes yeah Wikipedia, so Very it was um supposed to come out the sequel this march mm-hmm. i think it has already been delayed I think yeah, due to strikes. Lot, so lot I support strikes. I support mm-hmm. the strikers. I support the strikers. It's sad there's no definite release date as of right now. But yeah. also, you need to strike. You need to strike. Yeah. You do what you gotta yeah. do. Hobie would support you. Yeah. yeah. As would all the spider people except for Miguel. Except for Miguel. <laughs> Who, yeah, again, everyone on Tumblr was just like, okay, he's hot. I love him. And I'm like, yeah. do not be distracted by Oscar Isaac's voice. Okay? This man wants to do harm to Cinnamon Roll Miguel. Not Miguel. Miles. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I, no, I cannot get behind this man. I want to hit him with a brick. Yeah. I, I love, someone posted a meme that was like, Miles sitting at a desk or something. Like, oh boy, it's my first day of Spider-Man school. Hope they don't find out my parents are still alive. And someone was like, this is literally just the plot of the movie though. Like, yeah. And Hobie makes the good point of that, of Miles saying that like his parents just want the best for him. And he's like, well, that's going to make it difficult. And I don't remember the exact thing of what he says, he, but yeah. it's the very clear, like, he you're in. That. You're and in for some, some rude awakenings. Um, and Miguel is the kind of person who doesn't want student loans forgiven because he had to pay back student oh, loans. Oh, 100%. He's just that kind. He's like, I suffered a tragedy. Now everybody else has to suffer a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no avoiding it. There's but no also I'm a good guy who runs an elite squad. Squad force i don't know i just think he's really 
he's a really good character. He's Especially engaging. Him. I just like good character. Mm-hmm. But everyone who loves him, because I kept seeing before, it was so hard because I didn't get to see this movie until like a week or two after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I tried so hard to avoid it. I'm going to be there day one. I can't wait to see what the turnout is like for Spider-Verse yeah. 3. Oh, going to be there immediately. Um, and yeah, but I saw so many things of people being like, oh, Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went into it being like, all right, Miguel, yeah. I'm ready to be impressed. And instead I'm like, don't ever go near my again. <laughs> yes. Don't ever go near me or my son again. Yes. yes. <laughs> Is there anything else that we should discuss about Across the Spider-Verse? An instant classic? I don't... I, I don't it's just so good. I can't... Think. One, okay, one thing I want to say that I have looked for, and I haven't seen it, but is um, apparently when all the different Spideys are going after Miles, at some point you can see like the Spider-Man popsicle with the gumball oh. <laughs> eyes that they serve at ice cream trucks. Apparently that's one of them. Uh, I'm, I have looked for it, but I haven't seen it. But I saw someone be like, oh my god, even that's going after Miles. That's great. So it's just a tiny detail. I appreciate that earlier when they were like, catch Spider-Man. They did the pointing meme because everyone in the audience was like, oh my god, it's the point. It's the pointing meme. <laughs> they, have a, they have a poster for it that has a bunch of spider people. I was looking. I don't oh, see Oh, that's it. so cool. I don't see an ice cream. but Ice creams are so small. So small. It's a good-looking good poster. It's a good-looking poster. It's a good-looking poster. Yeah. Anyways, movie was great. Yeah. Oh, oh, one other thing. Uh, just another tiny little detail. Yeah. Is I love that all of the adults who see Miles' yeah. suit are like, you're bleeding from the armpits. Yeah. <laughs> when he's like, I got some sick fly swag. He doesn't yeah. say those words because no one his <laughs> no. age says those words in that order. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's excited about it. And I love it. I think it's so cool. But I just love that. Any adult he means is just, or he meets is like, you're bleeding from the armpits. (laughs) Said in that exact 1940s radio voice. It reminds me so much of like mud brand clothes. Yeah. How they always had mud written on it. Uh And you wear that as a youth. Yeah. You're pretty much guaranteed that any adult is going to go, you got mud on your shirt. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Haven't heard that before. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Um, So, you know. This movie transcends time. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> is what that comes down to. David, what's your number? Yeah, scale one to ten. It's gotta be at least a nine. I was gonna say, if it was any lower than a nine, that's just not unforgivable. It's gotta be at least accurate. A this is just a solid ten for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I watched it and then I left the theater and I was like, I because <sighs> I listened yeah. to music in the car, as mm-hmm. many people do, and I'm like, what? How do I listen to right. anything after this? How am I supposed to go on? I love the credit song, the Am I Dreamin'. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great song. song. I listened to it on the way here. Oh, the score of this movie was fantastic. phenomenal. Like, I just remember during Gwen's whole opening. I like, love her Annie, opening song. Her opening song, and then just like throughout all of her scenes, being like, oh my god, the instrumentals are so are good. Just, and this is just, inst- we're, we're, this is the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right? Like, I love the, the drumming at the beginning. Yeah. She's just hitting her one. feelings. Hitting her feelings. With sticks. With sticks. Yeah. So good. It's so good. Solid 10. Fantastic. This this movie is the reason why when we did our top 100, I didn't put Into the Spider-Verse 
in my top five. It sort of was there. It was like that or Avatar, if you weren't going to let me have the whole series. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that this was next on our list. And I'm like, it's so good. It's so, which does not mean that Into the Spider-Verse is not good. But I knew what was coming. And I have excitement because I love it. I'll be, I'll be very interested to see if Beyond the Spider-Verse even tops this one. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes the second movie of the trilogy is the, is the best one. Catching like fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of loose ends to tie up. A lot of the, loose ends to tie in up. In the last one, but... And I believe in them, but I, I love the raising of the stakes and seeing as they will have to raise some stakes, but then, you know, bring them back down. I'm like, oh, it's possible that this one will be my favorite of them all, but only time will tell. I'm so only excited to see how it all goes. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations are high. Yeah. And like, as one, one final note, things where like there's time travel or dimension hopping or whatever, Historically, not a thing that I'm into. Just not a... It's very difficult to pull it off and do it well. And, like, there's always, like, weird paradoxes. Like, well, Miles has met Miles now in Earth 42. What's going to happen? Is the whole thing going to collapse? And how does this even work? And, like, I think they did a really good job with it. It's also one of the only, like, huge dimension universe stakes movies that I... Yeah. Because usually like, I also don't like The entire multiverse is at stake. Yeah. Even everything. then... And I don't... Like, I'm still into it. Like, I'm still into... I usually prefer, like, the tiny stakes. But they have the tiny stakes, too, with all of the I was people say, and the relationships. is that this isn't... Like, it obviously is, like... Ah, you can destroy the multiverse if you keep going into these mm. other dimensions where you don't belong. You're an anomaly, blah, blah, blah. So, like, obviously that's there, but at its core, it is Miles trying to save yeah. his dad. Like, yeah. which is still huge, but, like, it's yeah. it's a small stakes. It thing. understands so even when they how to microcosm and yeah. macrocosm. It's great. Yeah. Even with the big picture, they still, at its mm-hmm. root, have, have it's tiny all about picture. The people. It's, it's all, all about, about the people. people. Yeah. Mute mayhem also does this as well. Where they have to save the world, but also ultimately it's about them. Yeah, it's about We're not being the teenagers and they just want to go to high school. They just and, want to go to high school! And, and, and go Mikey to prom! Just, Mikey just wants to be an improv He just wants to join guy. the improv club. Yeah. Anyways, it's so good. You should watch it. I looked right it up now. while you guys were talking about it. It's on Paramount. So maybe I'll go home and watch it. You should know. because it's fucking phenomenal. You, okay. should, you should text us. Okay. Yes, you should okay. text us while you watch. Okay. So for next time, we had an early start today, so I think I did a thing. But it's going to be, we got some spice. We got some sandworms. We got, there actually may not be either of those in this one. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> it's Dune. It's, it's Dune. Dune. Those are the two things I know about. When you said spice, I was like, what? <laughs> those are the two things I know about Dune. It's spice fun. must flow. Okay. Uh, I didn't know anything about Dune, and everybody on the internet seemed to know things about Dune when this was announced, and so everyone was like, show the worm, show the worm, and I sat there like, there's a worm? (laughs) (laughs) How do do we all seem to collectively know about this? I don't know if people knew about the worm, but I knew about it because people kept posting the picture of the worm from Spongebob. Alaskan bone worm! Alaskan bone worm, yes. Uh, Dune. Not even if you guys have seen it. I've seen Dune. No, I have I no idea what to expect, actually. No. I, I or Oscar Isaac. 
Hey. I read about half of the first Dune book when I was in college, and it wasn't for me, but I know that it has a very large following, and like as a series of novels that exist in the mm -hmm. world. And uh, I'm excited to see how this translates to film. Because part of it was like the writing style wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, that that can be a, a big turnoff. But um, there's lots of interesting intergalactic politics and sci-fi things of that nature. And worms and spices. And worms and spices. <laughs> um, without so. it, it's not a spoiler, but one of my favorite things about this movie is just how many different kinds of spaceship there are. Okay. How many different kinds of... Uh, Travel, travel things. Travel fly space. Travel fly space. Um, fun. Rocket. Fun. Fun times. Fun times. So that'll be for next time. We're going to watch Dune. Uh, the new Dune. Not the David Lynch Dune. Or any of the other adaptations. Timmy Shell's Dune. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy Shell's. So that'll be for next time. And until then, so long, Howie. So long, David. Goodbye, Kristen. Catch you on the flip side, David. <laughs> Good night, listeners.